I, I think for me as a parent, that that's been one of my things that like, I want to protect my kids from any kind of pain, yeah, any kind of challenge. I want to make it as easy as possible for them. Well, that's how you raise really spoiled kids. That's mm-hmm. going to drive all of us nuts one day right. as right. they, as they become adults mm-hmm. uh, to let them fail in a way that they can learn some things the hard way, but that they could also learn that, Hey, even when you fail, mom and dad still love you. Yeah. Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast, where we talk about what it looks like to follow Jesus in our everyday lives and how, in the end, all that matters is God and people. Here's today's episode. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast. We've had a lot of guests on the podcast over the the couple of years now we've been doing this, maybe a year, but uh, this is by far my personal favorite guest we've ever had on the podcast. Uh, want to introduce all of you to Lindsay Watson. Hi, guys. Who shares my last name because uh, she took it when we got married. And uh, we've been married now for how long? 16 years. That is correct. Good job. And uh, we have how many kids? <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> yeah, we have three kids. Don't ask me their birthdays. Uh, but today true. we're going to be talking about parenting. And so we thought, man, I, I've been doing this whole parenting experiment thing uh, with Lindsay now for years. And so we're going to talk about some things we've learned along the way, things that haven't gone so well, things that have gone great. And, uh, and, and Lord willing, maybe we'll learn some stuff uh, if you're a parent or if you're a child, which all of you are, uh, just how do, how do we do this thing well called family? So thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. So, Lindsay, what are, what are some of the things in the early stages uh, that you learned just as a parent? Like the stuff that you you couldn't prepare for, you didn't know was coming. Uh, what were some of the early learnings as a parent? Uh, I think a big early learning thing was patience. And I didn't want to learn that on my own, but instead babies make you learn patience. And so learning that it's not all about my schedule anymore, it's about theirs. And just learning to go with their rhythms instead of mine. Yeah, it's it's interesting. When you get married, you realize all of a sudden how selfish you are. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it, it reveals that. Like for me, I was like, oh, man, I didn't realize. Uh, but marriage reveals that. And then you have a kid. And you realize, oh, I was even more self-centered than I realized. Because yeah. now you got to center your life around this kid. And so you can't be the center of, of your world anymore. Right. And, and again, it kind of bursts that bubble. And then you have another kid. And then you have another kid. Mm-hmm. So three kids in three years. Yeah. How was that? Uh, Walk us through that experience. (laughs) Um, There's not enough time on this podcast to do that. It was nuts. It was absolutely nuts. I mean, to have a three-year-old, a a one-and-a-half-year-old, and a newborn all at the same time was crazy. You were doing youth ministry, traveling on mission trips and camps. So there were times where I had the three of them alone for a week, two weeks at a time. Um, And I really feel for those parents out there who have to do that on their own. It is exhausting. Yeah. To say the least. Uh, one of the things I've, I've always loved about you is you're always a learner. You're always mm. going to, okay, who's, who's further ahead of me in whatever journey it is. And, and you've always allowed other people to speak wisdom into your life. Mm. Um, so when you started asking older parents, mm-hmm. Hey, give me wisdom, give me insight. What were some of the things that you gleaned from others that you went, man, this has been true. This has been helpful in raising kids. I know we're not done yet. Um, we, we got a teenager, yeah. a junior hire, another junior hire and a, a elementary school kid, but right. um, we've experienced some parenting. So what are some of the yeah. things that you gleaned from others and you went, this is wisdom. This is helpful. Yep. I think um, grandparents have taught us to really instill the Bible and our and our faith and our love for Jesus into our kids at a really young age. So we've talked about having different Bibles for different 
um, age groups, whether it's preschool or elementary school and junior high. One of the things that's so practical that someone ahead of me said to me was like, hey, at the end of the night, just lay down uh, next to your kid in bed and just ask them what their day was. Mm-hmm. And that has been such a fun thing for our kids um, as a parent who's tired and who's had a really long day to actually just lay in a bed and just listen to your kid is very nice. Mm-hmm. It's very relaxing. Assuming you can stay awake to hear what they have to say. Definitely. Yeah. But no, yeah. you've been, you've been great at that. And I, I think that has been um, one of our kind of, I don't know if you call it a tradition, probably more of mm-hmm. a pattern of end of the day. Yeah. Let's pray. Let's, Lay in bed. We're going to pray for each other. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes we'll pray a blessing over our kids. Sometimes we'll pray for something that's coming up. Or um, we've even started. Uh, we we did a thing called tacos. Uh-huh. I was just Ta- going to mention yeah. that. Yeah, tacos. If if you've never heard me talk about this, it's kind of a pattern for prayer that you see in the Old Testament with the uh, tabernacle and the the temple. Jesus models this when he teaches us how to pray in the Lord's prayer. Um, but it's not just about you know God help me have a great day. Amen. Um, there, there's more elements to a relationship conversation that you have with God. So starting with Thanksgiving, that's the T. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanking God for for what he's done. Adoration is praising God for who he is. C is confession. Uh, none of us are perfect. Biggest room in the world is the room for improvement. And so what are some things we need to just confess? God, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not done a good job with this. O is others, uh, that we don't just pray for ourselves. We pray for others. Um, and, and God works through prayer when we pray for others. And mm-hmm. then S is self. We pray for ourselves. So we, we took Scrabble pieces, put them in a little bag, and all the pieces are T-A-C-O-S and a couple blanks. <laughs> and then if you get a blank one, then you get choose to choose. Your own. Yep, you get to choose your own. Yep. And so we do that. Um, but yeah, teaching our kids how to pray. Yeah. It's really what we've been doing. It was so nice to get them out of the box because they'd, they'd have the same prayer. Jesus, thank you for today. I hope tomorrow is fun. Hope we have a great day. Good night's sleep. Amen. So it's so great to get them out of that box. I think it's funny when we didn't have the bag around and we everyone just got to choose. No one would choose C. Everyone wanted to choose <laughs> a different one. Confession like, the worst why, one out why of Why do I have to get C every time, you guys? Yeah. So. No, because now you're being real vulnerable in front of your kids too, which I think is yeah. is one of the things as parents – um, to understand there are no perfect parents. Yeah. Uh, reality is, I, I don't know who's listening. I don't, I don't know your childhood, but I, I know it wasn't perfect. Um, and I think for a lot of parents, our goal is let's, let's mess up our kids a little less than we were messed up uh, in our childhood. Like, let's, let's improve this. Let's, let's do better. But uh, we're not going to be perfect as mm-hmm. parents. And so one of the things um, I, I've seen you do, and, and it's been effective, is to own it and to go, hey, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I messed up. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Uh, will you forgive me? And and that's been powerful for parents to do that with their kids to acknowledge. Yeah. Uh, we're we're teaching them, teaching them how to be humble and vulnerable and and honest. Yeah, we're teaching them, and they're also teaching us. So I can remember back when our uh, when Gabriel was three years old, I had yelled at them. I know, shocking. And so I yelled at them, and I just I broke his heart so bad. So that night in bed, I go and apologize to him, and I'm laying next to him. I'm like, I'm so sorry, bud. I shouldn't have yelled at you. Uh, will you please forgive me? And he just takes his sweet little three-year-old hand and rubs it on my mom, on my arm, and he's like, Mom, I forgive you. And I was like, as a parent, like my heart just like broke, yet there was like so much beauty and healing from like knowing that, hey, I did something wrong, and then have a three-year-old come back and say, I forgive you. I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, powerful words. It was so yeah. powerful. Uh, another pattern has been 
the dinner table. Talk to us yep. about the dinner table because I know that's that's sacred ground in our house. It is sacred ground. And depending on how you grew up, um, all of us have a different family tradition of how you eat dinner. Some people eat it in front of the TV. Others eat it um, all together at the table but maybe don't have conversation. And so um, I think it's so fun um, that we have evolved our conversation. So we all have dinner together. Everyone's electronics are not accessible. So TV is off. Phones are put away. Uh, all that good stuff. Sit down, have dinner, and during that time, you do highs and lows. What I love is that it gives the kids a, a chance to talk about their day, talk about what went well. So what somebody didn't who doesn't well. know what highs and lows are, explain yeah. highs and lows. High and low is the best part of your day, and maybe the worst part of your day, or the part they didn't like the most. It's also known as like rose and thorn, happy crappy, happy crappy. Yeah, the kids a... died when you said that the other day. Yep. Um, but I love it because so we've done that for a few years, and then it's just recently evolved into mountains and valleys. Mm -hmm. So now you have everyone gets a chance to talk about their day, and then all of us have to actively listen, and then we have to say what we think was their mountain, which is their high of their day, and their valley, which is their low. And it just allows them to be heard, and it's kind of fun to just try to figure out, oh, that that's a high for you, that's great, or that's a low for you, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And, and recently I, I heard somebody say this and I went, oh man, that's brilliant. We're going to do that. And when we have guests over for dinner, which we do on a regular yeah. basis and they're, they're sitting at the table, if they're followers of Jesus, we just started, Hey, tell us about how you, how you met Jesus. And, yeah. and it's like, all of a sudden they're sharing their testimony and our kids mm -hmm. are learning that and they're seeing real faith lived out, not just in the lives of mom and dad, but other adults and other young adults and people that we have over at the house. Um, yeah. And I think that's been good for them just to to see and participate and mm -hmm. ask questions and, and get to know other people's faith stories. Totally. And when they were younger, we used to have them, uh, we had the Bible guest reader. Yeah. And they would come and they would read the Bible and some people would do funny voices. So anytime so. we'd have a guest over, they didn't know that they were the guest reader, but we'd be like, hey, yeah. we do something in our house. Yeah. And uh, you're you're the, the guest reader today. And so we'd have them do the mm -hmm. Bible story. Now- so to do the Bible story, we would read the Bible before bed with our kids, but it looked different at the different stages. Yeah. So Lindsay mentioned we had three kids in three years, so they've kind of been in the same stages. Now they're all in early <laughs> yeah. adolescence, but yeah. um, they were all just itty-bitty little kids all mm -hmm. together at the same time. Talk us through what kind of Bibles or books or whatever we've taken them through that, that you would say, I recommend this to somebody in these different stages. Yeah. At one point, I think we tried to read like a passage out of our own Bible and they were like, this is so boring. I'm yeah. like, oh, that's offensive to me, no, but this okay. Is NIV. You should, <laughs> at least it's not, you know, the ESV. I'm going a little more thought for thought here, but go. yeah, no, they weren't, they weren't having it. No. And so I, when they were super little, we had this book called uh, God Knows All About Me. Mm -hmm. And so every page, it's just like, God knows all about me from my fingers to my toes. And it goes through this whole thing talking about thoughts and how we're made and all that kind of stuff and how God knows us. And so planting that as a foundation for when they're probably infant through preschool. Mm -hmm. And it's repetitive. And uh -huh. I, I have this distinct memory of God knows all about, and then the kids would yell me, yeah, you know, and totally. they'd get all excited about it. Yeah. So that was really fun. Um, then we transitioned into the storybook Bible, mm -hmm. which would just tell stories um, and have a picture uh, or a few pictures, and that kept them engaged, and they loved that. Um, our boys um, like the Action Bible, which is comic book style. Yeah, so it's the same if, if you've ever been into comic books and you know that kind of, you know, the, the strip where they have the different boxes, and it's very, like, 
over the top animation mm-hmm. with like, you know, veins popping out of people's necks when they're angry, you know, like all of that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And uh, our kids love it. And yeah. they memorize these stories. I mean, yeah. they're familiar with Old Testament stories that I'm like, is that in the Bible? Oh, yeah, I guess that is. I forgot about that one, you know. Yeah. And, and they have them memorized because they're visual. Yeah. And they learn visually. So I highly recommend it. Absolutely. For preteens, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and definitely, I, I think Emma, she kind of likes it, but the boys. They, they love it. Yeah. Emma doesn't really care for it, which I get it. And actually, for me, being a girl and not growing up with comic books, I didn't know how to read the bubbles in the right order. And they're like, Mom, I'm like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what's happening. So what was so nice is knowing our kids, being like, okay, boys, you can read um, the Action Bible um, together or with Daddy, and I will go with Emma in her room and we'll read um, the story time of Jesus or whatever it was that helped her see Jesus for what it was and not try to make her conform to something that didn't work. Mm-hmm. So we had a we had a season too. We we did foster care and we had a high school senior. So we got all of a sudden thrown into the the deep end of mm-hmm. like, okay, we we have this kid in our house and we got to figure out how do you yeah. How, how do you help raise a 17-year-old? And it looked totally different for lots of different reasons. Yeah. But um, talk through that stage of parenting mm-hmm. and, and kind of how we had to even shift kind of our approach. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's interesting that you brought that up. So she would come and join us for the Bible time with the kids. Obviously, it's such a young version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it was cool because we had um, extra study Bibles at our house. And if you're not familiar with the study Bible, we highly recommend it because what's so cool is the top half of the page is the actual Bible verses. Mm -hmm. And then the bottom half, there's like a line and then it it just breaks it down what it means. Mm -hmm. And that was so helpful. Um, It's helpful for me in my daily study. Um, But for her not having a Christian background, it was so great to be like, hey, you can read the Bible. And when you have questions, read just below here and it will help answer it for you. And there's a topical index in the back where you can look up like, you know, if you're dealing with... Whatever. You can look Mm -hmm. it up and it's like, oh, here's verses that talk about, you know, anger or verses that talk about forgiveness or whatever. And you can go and you can look up those passages and then you can see some context to them or description or explanation to what what they are. Yeah. And then teaching her it's okay to underline in your Bible. You know, it's like um, a faux pas or it used to be don't write in your Bible, don't make any marks. But I'm like, no, don't cross out anything. So let's clarify that. However, underline it, star it, do something that makes you... Um, like jump out on the page for mm-hmm. you when you read it again. Yeah. Yeah. I also, I put question marks in my Bible when oh, I'm like, nice. I get to something, I'm okay. like, what does that mean? And I don't okay. know if I totally understand this. Yeah. I put a question mark and then, you know, some time goes by and you get older, a little more mature, you learn some more things. I go back and I put a second question mark because I still don't get it. <laughs> um, so I, I do that as well. Um, talk about, let, let's talk about our failures as, as parents. Oh, that's my favorite. Yeah. Toy. What are some of the, uh, what are some of the mistakes we've made that we've gone, oh, like, and yeah. you can, you can call out mine too. Mm-hmm. I know those are easier to, to remember, but, uh, some of the things we've learned along the way of like, okay, don't do this. Right. <clears throat> oh man. Our kids are at a unique stage where they're really turning out to be individualist. And we really want our kids to be who they are and not have us try to make them form into a box. Mm-hmm. And I think going most recently and then working our way backwards, in the summer, we give our kids what's called a summer haircut. Um, in our house, you have a choice. You can either do your hair every single day, or in the summer, you can get a summer haircut where the boys get a buzz cut. It's only for the summer. It is not allowed during the school year. Mm-hmm. However, one of our kids wanted to keep this hairstyle. And I was like, nope. So we got in a tiff about it, and I was trying to assert my authority over him. And 
keep in mind we have two junior high boys, so you know they're trying to a little bit break away from their parents. He goes to bed the next morning. So that night you and I talk about it and you're like, hey, I really think you should just let him do it. Like, I know you want him to have his hair, but like, just let him have this freedom. So the next day I go to him and say, you know what, buddy, I'm so sorry. If this is a haircut you want, great, let's do it. And that gave us an extra, I don't really know, um, thicker foundation. There's more trust that was Mm -hmm. built because now he got to have the haircut he wanted versus the haircut I wanted for him. So it's only as little as like, no, you will do what I say instead of being like, you know what? You're your own person. Yeah. Let's work this out. Yeah. I was talking to, uh, so one of the best analogies I've heard on, on parenting is, is thinking of parenting in different stages. So early mm-hmm. on, um, you're, you're caregiver, right? Mm-hmm. The kid cries, you, you feed it, you change it. It's helpless. Like mm-hmm. when our kids were little and, and even when you would, you would go out of, out of town or go out for the evening, I'd be like, Hey, my goal is I'm just going to keep them alive. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all I can commit to. Like, yeah, not that gonna, bar, the bar was on the ground. Yeah. It was pretty low. Um, but I did, I did. <laughs> you did. You were successful success. and you would say that every time I come back success. But that stage really is about caregiver. It's yeah. you're, you're, you're meeting their, their most basic needs and helping them. And then as they get a little bit older, they start getting, you know, mobile, moving around, mm-hmm. uh, they're going to try and hurt themselves unintentionally. And, and so you got to get in kind of cop mode and you got to help them. Hey, this behavior is appropriate. This is inappropriate behavior, mm-hmm. but it's not just put food in their mouth. Now you're actually helping them find the boundaries in life. Yeah. Um, and so you have cop or you have caregiver cop, and then it, it turns into more of a, a coaching, which we're getting into this season mm-hmm. of, yeah, we're not feeding them. Like they'll feed themselves, mm-hmm. you know, we'll still make dinner and whatnot, but um, they're, they're getting some more, autonomy. They're starting to assert themselves like with the haircut thing. And so now we're kind of just coaching them. Yeah. And so they're the ones on the field, they're playing the game, uh, but, but we're, we're right there next to them mm-hmm. and we're, we're giving them advice and wisdom. And once in a while we, you know, pull out the cop card cause we still can. Yeah. Uh, and then as they get closer and closer to that, that graduation, then it becomes more of a, a consultant. And definitely if you're a parent of young adults or adults, um, that is the category that you are in. You are, you are a consultant, which mm-hmm. means they could take your advice or not take your advice, yeah. but you're just a, a resource. And so that's been a, a good picture for me. Um, I was talking to a, a parent and I've talked to several parents recently who have kids who are now adults. Mm. And my question is always, Hey, what, what have you learned? And yeah. I hear again and again, I wish I would have let my kids fail, but fail, like not so bad that, it, you know, it destroys their, their life and their future, but let them fail more often. Why do you think that's a challenge for us as parents to let our kids fail at things? I think we just want the best for them and we want to protect them and not realizing letting them fail allows them to build resilience and responsibility and all that. Just last week, one of our kids left their folder for school on the counter and they had all gone to the bus. And I was like, ooh, do I bring it? Do I not? And I was like, nope, they left it at home. It's just going to, I'm going to get it where a dog doesn't destroy it. But I'm not going to bring it to school and rescue them. They're going to have to learn, oh, shoot, I left that at home. I'm going to have to bring that tomorrow, and mm-hmm. there might be consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's actually really good for our kids to have mm-hmm. more responsibility, not have mom and dad bail them out mm-hmm. all of the time. Yep. Um, I, I think for me as a parent, that, that's been one of my things that like I want to protect my kids from any kind of pain, yeah. any kind of challenge. I want to make it as easy as possible for them. Well, that's how you raise really spoiled Kids, it's mm-hmm. going to drive all of us nuts one day right, as right. they as they become adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, to let them fail in a way that they can learn some things the hard way, but that they could also learn that hey, even when you fail, mom and dad still love you. Yeah, 
right. we're still here to right. support you and encourage you. And we'll continue to give you good coaching and consulting um, and, and help you out. And, mm-hmm. and part of uh, part of us blessing our kids and the whole idea of the blessing is, hey, we're here to help you succeed. Right. Um, that That's what we want to do. And sometimes helping you succeed is letting you fail a little bit too along the mm-hmm. way. So And making them sometimes be mad at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not, I am their friend in a sense, but I'm their parents. So when our kids wear um, things that maybe they have grown out of that might not be the right length or the right whatever, and I'll tell them, you can't wear that anymore. They're going to get mad at me for saying, hey, you can't wear that. However, I'm Tom, I'm fine that you're mad at me or I'm not getting you a cell phone. Our kids are junior high and late elementary and a lot of their friends have cell phones. And I say, that is awesome. <laughs> and I'm I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Sorry, like, you look were born it up. in our family, kid. Yeah. They're like, look it up. How much? I'm like, there's several hundred dollars. There's no way. <laughs> Just throw these numbers out there. But it's okay for them to be mad at us when we're trying to coach and protect them from certain things. All right. One one other category of conversation, and then uh, and I'm going to have you pray for, for parents, pray for, for those who are listening out there. Um, so over the years, you haven't just parented our kids. You've helped parent other kids, whether that's mm-hmm. as a small group leader or volunteering in student ministries. You've done that for years and years. Uh, you've worked with young adults. Uh, you have a young adult small group that, that you're leading right now. Yeah. Talk about the importance of the the paraparent, the, yeah. the not parent adult in the life of kids, especially when you get into teenage years, adolescence, mm-hmm. all of that, and, and just kind of your experience working with with kids over the years. Yeah. Well, it's funny now being a parent and having our own kids in student ministry, and we'll tell them something. And they come home from church and literally say the exact same thing. And we're like, what the heck? We've well, been telling you that for the last couple of weeks. But it's brilliant when somebody else says it, right? It's brilliant when someone else says it. And especially when they're like 10, 15 years younger than you. You're like, <laughs> oh my gosh, of course they're a genius. They're yeah. 20. Um, yeah. And so I think having someone else speak into their life. Um, when I have my different small groups, especially right now my young adult small group, it's it's probably so nice for a parent to know, hey, there's someone else speaking mm-hmm. godly wisdom and truth into my kid, and they're going to listen to it in a different in a different light and a different perspective. Yeah. What would what would you say to the parent who's like, yeah, my kid doesn't really enjoy being at church or doesn't mm-hmm. really enjoy it, whatever. Right. Uh, what advice would you have? Because I, I get that as a parent. That's tough. Like you don't want to like totally. be the parent who I forced my kid to go to church and now they resent church and they never want to be right. a part of it. That is hard. Um, but there's that tension of, but at the same time, this is good for them, just like brushing their teeth and combing their hair. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I even if they don't want to do that, they're going to do that in our right. house. And they're still going to eat, you know, the right meals, healthy meals, all that, yeah. even though they don't want to do it. Right. Um, so what, what advice do you have for that parent that's dealing with the kid who's like, I don't want anything to do with church or I don't want to be a part of this. Yeah. So if if the ministry is thriving and you as a parent are like, yes, loving it, but maybe the kid is not, I feel like a great thing that your mom and your youth pastor did was like, hey, come three times in a row. Mm-hmm. That's all you need. Come three times in a row. And then if you don't like it, you can stop after that. Um, that was a great way to get some consistency there. Yeah. Sometimes it's just that initial, it's the yeah. fear of what if, what if I don't yeah. know anybody? What if I don't like it? What if, you know, and, and so to kind of force that or challenge it, put it on them. Hey, go three times in a row and then let's talk about it. Right. And let's, can you com- commit to that? So they can't commit to a lifetime. Can they commit to going a few times in a row? Yeah. And the key is in a row, because that's how you build relationships is right. consistency. Right. Uh, and then, and then evaluate it. Yeah. I think the other thing is, um, if, if it's not what you are hoping it is, whether it's from the ministry perspective or from your kid's perspective, um, I think it's a great opportunity for us as parents to get involved and be like, hey, I'm just I'm going to come with you. Let's do this together. Let's make it fun together. Mm-hmm. 
um, and drawing those people in. And, and depending on our different skill sets and how we're naturally gifted, not everyone's gifted to be a small group leader, but mm. how cool is it to just like walk alongside your kid? You know, we talked about in the beginning how we were so selfish before we were married and then getting married and then having kids. Um, I think this is another opportunity for us to just shed another layer of selfishness and just dive in deep and allow our kid to experience faith in a new way um, by us volunteering alongside them. Yeah. And that, and then you're being that adult in somebody yeah. else's kid's life. Totally. And and when we do that together as a church, that, that's how we help raise the next generation to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not, we're not above manipulating people either. Uh, you and I have gone out of our way to be like, you would be a great mentor in our kid's life and, yes. uh, and, and doing whatever we can to get our kids in the right kind of group or get the right person serving uh-huh. with students just because, uh, we know them. And so if you know somebody and you're like, I want that person's influence in my kid's life, uh, recruit them. Yeah. Do whatever. I mean, who doesn't want to hear like, hey, my kids love you, really look up to you. And, right. and would you be willing to be their camp counselor this yeah. summer? Would you be willing to maybe be a part of the small group or, or help out on the weekends or whatever and just be a, uh, be one of those people in their lives? Yeah. Because we need you. And sometimes it takes six months of a year of us saying that, and then and then they and give if you're it a try. You know who you are. You are. And one of our friends we did that with, they tried it out. It wasn't the right ministry mm-hmm. for them, and it was a great opportunity to try it. And then they went on and served in a different area. But we were so grateful that they tried um, because we thought they'd be great at it. And then they ended up serving and being great in a different area. Yeah. One last thing, I'm I'm just gonna say this because it popped into my head. Um, for all the parents out there, uh, we all need each other. Mm-hmm. This this thing is not easy. It's this big, giant social experiment, and we don't know if the experiment's going well or not nice. until like decades into it. Like it's mm-hmm. this is this is complicated, and people are complicated yeah. and complex. Uh, to have other parents that you spend time with, uh, we have you know in our small group parents who are older and have you know launched kids into the world and all of that kind of stuff, yeah. and to have them look at us and go, "Yeah, what you're dealing with is normal." Mm-hmm. It's really helpful. If so you helpful. don't have other parents that you're living life with, that you're spending time with doing small group, whatever, uh, get that in your life because it will help you. And you'll mm-hmm. learn from each other's mistakes and and Lord willing, you'll make new ones yeah. uh, with your kids. Yeah. And I think the other part of that, too, is when you are parenting with people um, the same age, the same group as your kids, um, instead of being judgmental, being curious and just like – Tell me more, like being excited for different milestones that their kids are making, even though maybe yours mm-hmm. are not there yet. Mm-hmm. So. Well, Lindsay, would you uh, would you pray for parents? Yeah, absolutely. Be great. Yeah, Jesus, we're just so grateful that we get to come um, before you and that you get to hear our prayers. Um, thank you, Jesus, for the parents that are listening to this podcast that um, want their kids to be um, the best that you've created them, cultivate the best at home environment. Um, for them to know you and follow you. And so I pray over them. I pray for peace and patience as it is a very trying um, thing. Some days are much harder than others. And so God, I just pray for peace and patience over them. May they see each of their kids um, as beautiful individual creations that you've created them to be and allow them to um, flourish and um, just grow up loving you and allowing, teaching them to teach the next generation about you and how much um, you love them and how great you are. So we come to you um, and we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lindsay. Yeah. You're Thanks my favorite. Me. Thanks. I thought Chris is your favorite. So uh, wow. he's, he's up there too, Son. but no, you win. Winner. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Loving God, Loving People podcast. 
Make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you rated the podcast and left us a review. Also, sharing this with a friend is a great way to help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you are always welcome to join us online for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc or go to locations.sv.cc to join us in person at one of our physical locations. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.